Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, guys. I'm Katie Lowe's, actress, mom, and host of the parenting podcast, Katie's Crib a show that helps women navigate the colossal changes that come with motherhood. You'll hear from resilient mamas, knowledgeable experts, and me asking a whole lot of questions. It's real talk that offers real perspective on what it's really like to be a parent. New episodes publish every other Thursday. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's everyone welcome to couples therapy i am naomi and i am andy and we are a real life couple a real life couple of comedians and on couples therapy we bring you the very best sets from our live show where we have comics who sets together about their relationship and then sometimes we shake it up here in the studio don't we andy? that's one of these episodes and naomi could we have had a better guest i doubt it i don't oh just like thoughtful open brought out your best punning you know what i mean <laughs> you guys we are sitting here answering relationship questions with Erin Gloria Ryan, okay? Erin is a writer in all forms. She is a contributing editor at The Daily Beast. She hosts the podcast Hysteria on Crooked Media. And she's a writer on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and the upcoming Apple show Mythic Quest. She's doing it all. I mean, you're so, you sometimes show up on Hysteria, don't you? I do. I pop in there, say my two cents, get out. <laughs> oh, boy. This was fun. Uh, this was informational. It this was, was emotional. <laughs> we covered a lot of bases. But before we get into it, you guys, we got some stuff coming up we want you to know about. We got live shows out the wazoo. If you live in New York on the 1st of August at Union Hall, we got two 
big shows. And I couldn't be more excited. Uh, great guests on both of them, Aparna Nanchurla, Chris Gether, Gene Gray. And then we're coming through that Life show with Dulce Sloan from The Daily Show, Josh Gondelman, writer for Jesus and Miro, Alex English. Tons of cool people. And then the next day, we are in Philadelphia. We're going to do something new. We're going to have a panel, and we're going to, right in front of you, live, answer advice questions. And we got a great panel. We got hilarious local comics, Russ Guten, Peggy O'Leary, Chanel Ali, a good time at Good Good Comedy Theater in Philly. So that's and Friday, then, August 2nd. And then on the 10th, we're back here in Los Angeles, Naomi. Quite quite a lineup. Sabrina Jaliz is on the show. Nico Santos from Superstore. With Lauren Ash, also from Superstore. And a bunch of other cool people. So, if you want to get tickets to any of those shows, go to CouplesTherapyPod.com, click on See Us Live, and get them ticks. Also, while you're at CouplesTherapyPod.com, you know what you could do? You could sign up for our Patreon, okay? Get into it, two bonus episodes a month. Just me and Andy, getting into it, having a good time at home. Yeah, really like stretching out our feelers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I like the sound of it. Stretching really, out I just, our feelers. I was trying to say that like the, the things that we talk about only like... Uh, in moments on the show, we really expand upon. Yeah, we dive deep. Yes, deep dives mm -hmm. into our hearts. Um, and also, if you want me and Andy and a guest to answer any of your relationship or emotional questions, you can hit us up on our call-in line. 323-524-7839. You can also get that information at the website or in our Twitter bio. But please leave uh, some voicemails. Yeah. We love answering questions, as love... you'll hear in about 15 minutes from now. <laughs> 15 minutes? Yeah, we talked to Aaron for a little bit. Oh, you're correct. You're correct. I was like, wait, how many ads? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm goofing. Andy, I like you today. I feel like I snapped at you. During this episode? Yeah. But not, but like, I love you. I see you. I hear you. Oh, yeah. I, are you feeling a little vulny? Yeah, I was like, uh oh. It's okay. I took your I took your snap and stride. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't hurt me. Thank God. Thank God. Snap and stride. Snap and stride, baby. All right, guys, get into it. We got Erin Gloria Ryan. Roll it. My old boss at Sunny would sometimes just go come into the writers room and go, Ryan. No, it's very sporty. Yeah, very, very sporty. sporty. <laughs> it's when you when your last name is a boy's first name and it looks good on the back of a jersey, people will call you by it, you know. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan, get in here. Yeah. We are going to talk about the nickel defense. Keep going. I have Keep played Madden before. <laughs> I know football terms. Oh my god, you're a mess. Button hook. What is that? It's a it's a route. If you're a receiver. Oh, okay, okay, Notre Dame. Okay, Notre Dame. By the by the, the <laughs> fact that really? you said route as a, where I was gonna be like, it's a thing you run thing, ball. <laughs> yeah, I can it's, run a, a, it's a route. You run straight down the field and you really quick turn around. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a button. You're in. Right. You know, Aaron's from the Midwest. I am. Okay, so that's like what it's about. I got a question here. <clears throat> uh this is not an advice question. We'll get to that. Okay. Um this is uh and uh, a couple of weeks ago on Hysteria, you guys talked about weddings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure what you said, Naomi, but uh, <laughs> I assume you said uh, I, it's I been a long time coming. I shared our, our wedding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Naomi's throwing up. I like cannot <laughs> stop coughing. I feel like we started talking about football, like something got caught in my throat and I couldn't get it out. Do you it want was a like, raisin? You want a raisin from a tiny box? Yeah, and then I'll cough for the next two hours. <laughs> a raisin from a tiny box. That's a That's golden. <laughs> that's a good indie rock song. Uh, well, that was more of a, I would say that's like in the Wilco alt country uh, area. Drive by truckers. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what any of those are. <laughs> Now, uh, and Naomi, I, I, I believe when you tweeted about it, Aaron, you replied to Naomi's tweet about uh, weddings. Now, uh, if you've never heard this show before, mm-hmm. Naomi and I are a decade into our relationship, uh-huh. a uh, a good uh, seven years, six, six, six years into the engagement. Into our engagement, um, mostly because we want to pay for it ourselves on our own terms. Yeah. Um, now, you wrote to Naomi, uh, Naomi, you and Andy should... Just do a joint wedding with us, with you. You're engaged. You're getting married uh, yeah. next next year. Next May. Yeah. Next May. Uh, we all four like each other, which is true. Uh, guest list capped at 200 total. Is is this a joke? Not sure. So this is what I, <laughs> this is what I wanted to talk about here. Yes, Andy wants to get you on the record <laughs> on, on the microphone. <laughs> Look, uh, if anything, I am a journalist. I'm up there. I am Jeremy Scahill holding Blackwater's feet to the fire. I am gonna on the record see if this is a real thing. Oh I man! Joint wedding? Are we the Moonies? Are we? <laughs> What is going on? Well, so here's here's a little background of our our wedding planning. I landed in Los Angeles, like suitcases in hand, twirling across the <laughs> stage. It's the beginning of the second song in the musical, and here I am, and my spirits haven't been crushed yet. Yeah. Um, a year ago yesterday, and then within two weeks, I met somebody who within ten months I got engaged to, and now. Before my two-year anniversary in LA hits, I will have gotten married to him. So wow. it's been a, a whirlwind. A whirlwind. A whirlwind, if you will. And we're just kind of, we booked our um, our venue early because we were like, well, let's just, we got to get, let's get the show on the road because otherwise we're not going to do anything. We're mm. just going to be like, well, let's just not do it. So we <laughs> booked our venue and then we were like, okay, let's start making the list. Last night we sat down. I started a spreadsheet. I hate huh. spreadsheets. Oh my god, Andy loves them. Oh, He's okay. a spreadsheet ho. Uh, Andy, oh. like, you'll find a reason. You'll just like make I one for any reason. Excel at Excel. <laughs> it's like literally five items, and he's like spreadsheet. Yeah, I'm like that's a list at best. Well, wedding planning is, from what I've picked up on, mostly spreadsheets. So <laughs> once you guys get down to the nuts and bolts of it, you're gonna really love it. So we Would started. Would you call it an Excel? Thank you, folks. Mic drop. What if I just shoved the the mic is on one of those little arm things, jammed it down into yeah. the table? And then It'd be you like left. a spike, like a football sp- yeah. spike. Okay, Aaron. Yeah, called- okay, another sports ref. I don't we're keeping know. it to football. Though. I know we're just, that's true. just the one thing. So you're getting into the so we're getting- end zone of your wedding. We're planning. getting into we're we're getting offsides here. Uh, <laughs> There's some illegal touching. Uh, no, but we were uh, so we're like making our list, and I don't know uh, if people who are listening have like planned their own weddings. But once you actually make the list and you see how many people are on the list, you're like, "Fuck! Yeah. I got to invite. I have um, to invite like fucking 500. There's no uh, way yeah. around it." So this is a long way of saying the list is way more than 200. No, we thought that it was going to be. And granted, a lot of people. He's from Pittsburgh. I'm from the, like the Minneapolis area. And go Steelers. Yes, he's a big Steelers fan. You guys can talk about that the next time we're all hanging out. Yeah, I, um, I, I want to see you talk about the Steelers, Andy. Anyway, uh, continue, Aaron. Iron Curtain. <laughs> oh Lord. What are they called? Steel Curtain. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like literally confusing history like, and sport. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, tear down your nickel defense. Good job. Good job. Um, but yeah, we have like people coming from a long way. Yeah. But we do, but you never know how many of them are going to show up. So now I'm kind of getting right now we're early enough in the planning that it's still like a question that everybody asks me and it's like fun to talk about. But now we're going to start we had to put down a deposit on a, a wedding coordinator yesterday. Mm. We have a, we have a deposit down on the venue, but I can give you guys tips on booking the venue because it's super cheap, super pretty and it doesn't change prices if you're having a wedding. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. That's what this is when uh now when I first started planning we found a place in, was it Inwood or Washington Heights? Inwood, yeah. Tippy top of Manhattan. They gave us a quote. And it was affordable. And we're like, I guess we're doing it here. Yeah. And then a couple months later, I guess we said just party. It's a party. We didn't say anything else. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months later, I think I was talking to them and I let it slip there was a wedding. And suddenly we got a new quote uh, that made it yeah. unaffordable. Well, because you were obviously um, renting out the whole space, mm-hmm. but- there, it had different parts to it. You know what I mean? Like kind of the covered place where you would eat and then like more of an outdoor. And I was like, oh, could we have like a little, you know, ceremony there? I said, little, you know, ceremony without right. saying wedding. And then as soon as like, she was like, oh, I see what you bitches up to. Were you like, no, it's a satanic <laughs> ritual. <laughs> we have to slaughter an animal we over do. here. And how much do you charge for an extra thing of like ammonia for blood <laughs> for blood cleanup? Do you provide blood cleanup? Do you cleanup? provide blood cleanup? Yeah, right. Important questions. Um, yeah, it's this place is like a parks department location and they have like these little beautiful it's it's really nice i will pass the info along because it's very pretty very easy to get to there's tons of parking it's great Mm. but yeah it's like now we're at a point where i'm i feel like now i'm like ooh, imagining all the possibilities and within within the next couple months it's going to be like coming to terms with the harsh realities of it which is our that you can't invite everybody that you want because they physically won't fit also, like, you can't feed everybody the best meal they've ever had in their lives. And also, who cares? Nobody right. comes to a wedding to eat, I hope. That's well, what we wa- well, that's, that's the question. That's what we want to do. We want to just have – I don't care about anything else. That's, just the food? Just the food. That's what I – as the – look, uh, you'll meet my dad. I'll, <laughs> you cause will? We're, cause we, yeah, because we're doing this wedding together. Right? Okay, <laughs> right, 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 right. So you'll meet right. him. He lives for food. That is that is the sum total of his existence. He, lo- <laughs> he loves his, his wife and his children. <laughs> But um, but food is what I, gets I'm, better. I'm sorry. In my high, my head, I was imagining like a a ship going down, and there's like a be- big bag of like fresh New York bagels, and then me, <laughs> and I'm imagining him going for the bagels. Oh, you mean if he had to save, if he had to save something? Yes, Titanic's going down. It's like right. a force majeure moment, like. Have you seen Force Majeure? The movie? Yeah. I haven't. It's like this this indie movie that's a very dark, straightforward comedy. It's really good. But there's a moment at the beginning of the movie where this family's on a ski vacation and they're eating lunch on this like balcony. Oh, yes, yes, and yes. And they yes, see yes. the avalanche coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the mom grabs both of the kids and shelters them. And the dad just is like, yoink, and like runs away <laughs> from all of them. And it totally, like the rest of the movie is the couple dealing with the fallout of what that means in their oh, relationship. That's funny. It's very funny. That's really funny. Um, it's especially funny because it's like they're, they're Scandinavian. And so they like don't express any emotions really. <laughs> it's It's really good. <laughs> But yeah, your dad would be like grabbing the yes, bakes. a real lender's choice. <laughs> there it is, this guy. I don't know. You're really bringing out the puns in here, Aaron. I feel like I don't know what it's about, but can um, I say I'm into it? I don't know. But yeah, so I think that's the I've inherited that from him. 
It's a food thing. Yeah. Yeah. My dad will like, at, I don't know if he still does this, but I know when I was younger at uh, bar mitzvahs and weddings and things like that, he would like clock where the hors d'oeuvres were coming out of, mm-hmm. like what door. And he would like stand closer, like move closer <laughs> to where they were, to their to the origin Who hasn't of the hors d'oeuvres. Done that though. Well, I well, mean, yes, that's but, the thing. I do now. I do that. But see, my thing is about weddings. Cause I agree with you though, Aaron. This whole idea of like don't come to weddings for a meal. I find I'm doing that when I don't really want to be at the wedding, uh-huh. right? Because when is that feeling of like I came all the way out here? You better have a crab cake. Yeah, right. Well, then I didn't want to come to your wedding that bad anyway. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm a little bit of a sociopath in that I don't have like <laughs> a lot of deep connections to people. So I'm like, like I, if I never um, get invited to a wedding, we'll feel no feelings. Uh-huh. Like I won't be like, I thought we knew each other. I'm like, honey, it's a hundred dollars a damn person. Do what you gotta do. Totally. Your best friend. You know? Your best friend doesn't invite you. You don't feel bad. Do I have a best friend? It's you. Who else? Who else is inviting me anywhere? I don't invite you to our wedding. <laughs> I you would don't... actually love it. I could stay at home on the couch, <laughs> Skype in, fully say I do in pajamas. <laughs> and Andy's like, it's my day. <laughs> he would wear a white suit. You know, like he would just combine it all and be like, look at me. He could, instead of a veil, he could have like a kind of uh, a cape, like a long see-through cape. See-through, a sheer cape. A sheer cape. A sheer, a gorgeous sheer cape. It's a, it's a man veil. It's a male. Ooh. I'll, I'll take I'll take veil. I don't even need you to put man. I don't need like, <laughs> like man wipes or whatever. I don't need man in front of it. Wipes are great. Oh, that's good. So dude not- wipes. Sorry. There's a thing. There's a product oh, called was- dude wipes, which are like just wipes, but like, it's like- it Smells I- like pine or something. That's what makes it do. Smells like barbecue. <laughs> wipe, oh, wipe a mesquite wipe. God. A mesquite wipe for the man in you. What using wipes is effeminate. I can't do that. I can't wipe my butt with the <laughs> with uh something that doesn't smell like uh work and sweat. <laughs> it smells like a construction site. Listen, right, right. listen, listen. I want my asshole to smell like cool ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Cool Ranch. Honestly, I do think Cool Ranch smells like butt. That's where I am. I hate the taste of ranch. It's not good. I know it's like very divisive. I feel like there's like strong ranch feelings in this life. But I'm not into them. Yeah, in the Midwest especially. Like there's, I haven't lived, I lived in Chicago after college, but I left, I guess like eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was in New York and then LA. And most of the time when I'm here or on either coast, I'm like, I'm a Midwestern girl. Like I feel deeply Midwestern. Mm -hmm. But now I've gotten to the point where when I go home, I'm like, oh, this isn't my home anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Exhibit A. We were just back. Um, Josh came to visit my family and stuff. And we Your fiance. Yes. Uh, And we stopped at this place called Culver's, which is a big burger chain in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa. It's kind of in a couple other places now too. And you can get a little, like as as a side on a meal, you can get a bag of fried cheese curds. And it's sort of just like- Side of curds. Yeah, exactly. And uh, as I was ordering it, I've had it so many times before in my life because I grew up eating Culver's. (laughs) And uh, as I was ordering it, um, the guy was like, do you want marinara or ranch on the side? And I know it tastes better with ranch, but I couldn't bring myself to order ranch. (laughs) I was like, I'll have a marinara. And you said it as haughtily as yeah. possible. Marinara. I live in Los Angeles. What am I, some plebeian? Marinara, of course. Marinara. <laughs> but also side of curds with a burger is too much. It I'm was... sorry. I cannot imagine. I've already ordered the burger. That's my baseline. And then someone goes, would you like a side of fried cheese? Yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't commit. It was like everything about a cow like balled together in a heavy fist that sat in my stomach. Oh, <laughs> Lord. 
I love uh, it. If it's not a mozzarella stick, I'm not eating it. But a fried cheese curd would satisfy the mozzarella stick. No, nope. good. You just only need to eat one or two, and you're good. You don't yeah. need to have a whole bag of them. <laughs> a uh, bag of curds. Wait, I got a question. You said whirlwind before. Your romance. Oh my god, I was just whirl- thinking that, Andy. I was like, let's go back to the whirlwind. We truly are connected. And now we're holding hands. Is Sorry. is that new for you? Do you fall easily, or um, have you have you had whirlwinds before with gents or? Um, Whatever. Yeah. With <laughs> ladies, the... I don't. I'm not gonna put any. Uh, it's a spectrum, guys. Andy's yeah. woke. Yeah, extremely, <laughs> extremely woke. Um, yeah, I think the difference between this time and all the other times was that I was able to look back on the other. I, I think I'm a very hopeful person. Like I enter into every situation being like open to the possibility of the best case scenario. Wow. Happening. Wow. Huge. Which I know. Teach me. Write a book. I feel very. <laughs> I know. It's like I don't know how I lucked into being somebody that had that but you know when I go in for a job interview when I whenever I whatever I do in the back of my head I'm like what if the best thing possible happened and I don't like crush it right away yeah, yeah. It, as long as it's subconscious once I start like once I realize what I'm doing I'm like yeah, fuck you and then like <laughs> Um, but in, in relationships in the past, um, I had like a, I was like kind of a serial monogamist. Yeah. I would have like a two year relationship with, with like a month break. And then I would start another thing that I was like, this is casual. And then it was like a three year <laughs> relation. It was like, it just would keep going. And, um, I think in the past I used to have like kind of read onto the person, the best case scenario for them that I thought when I met them. So like before they prove, you know, but so before they prove that they're not the person that I decided they were, uh-huh. which is which is my fault yep. for for putting that expectation on them. But before that, I would just kind of let that hope carry me on for longer than it should have. So I'm lucky in that most of the people that I've dated in the past have been like really good people. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with them whatsoever. But in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I was really projecting a lot of hope. That they had not given me reason to have onto the relationship. Right, you were dating their hologram. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was dating. Yeah, I was dating their their exactly. I was dating their hologram, their rapping, dancing hologram. <laughs> um, but this time it was sort of like it was weird because before I moved to Los Angeles, there was like kind of a period of time for the first time in my adult life where I was like actually on, like not entangled with anybody, and and it was like. Okay, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to see what dating is like. What's mm-hmm. it like to date? How's it like to go on dates? <laughs> and because um, usually I just would like get drunk and sleep with one of my friends, and then three years later we're still dating. <laughs> but this, romantic. I know it was just extremely romantic. <laughs> but then uh, this time I was sort of like, as I was about to leave New York, I sort of was like, yeah, I'm not going to meet anybody and have this be a, a thing. And then when I first got to Los Angeles, I was like, LA sucks. I'm never going to meet anybody good out here. So I had sort of. I was of two minds. One, I had like given up on the pressure that I was going to. Every person I met, I, I no longer was like putting that pressure on, basically. And most of them sucked. Um, but then at the same time, and when I touched down here, I remember thinking, because my birthday is like right around this time of the year. And uh, I remember thinking, you know what? This year it'd be really nice if I met somebody who could be really important to me. And then mm. like literally five days later is the first time I talked to Josh. So I like put it out there and then it... But did you feel immediately when you talked to him, this is the person I have manifested? Um, No. <laughs> I thought he was like, normally when I um, go out with people, they're not like exceptionally good looking. They're like <laughs> cute to me. Like I find them very attractive, yeah, but they're yeah. not like, Josh is like very handsome. and Strong draw. Yeah. Strong draw. He's, yeah. And when I first uh, met him, I was like, he's too handsome to be nice. 
And then when we the, the then like our first date ended up like I stayed over at his house and whatever. And then we went out on a few more dates. And then the fourth date was like we went away together for the weekend. Oh my and god! When we did that, I was sort of like, I think this is like a real thing. Like there was a moment when we were. We were like, we went to Idlewild, which is this kind of mountain town that's like maybe a couple hours away from Los Angeles. And we drove up into Idlewild and there was a moment where we're like, we kept getting lost on the way to this cabin that we'd rented. And we kept having to like do a like 30 point turn to like turn the car around <laughs> in like a one lane dirt road. Yeah. And there was one moment where, where Josh was like doing this <laughs> really like slow turn. I remember looking at him and thinking like, I think I can going to love this person at some point huh. and it was like this weird I didn't like love him at that moment but I could like see the path and mm-hmm. I was like oh wow that's crazy and then the next week he actually asked me to be his girlfriend like middle school style oh I love that I, lo- I love first of all give me a direct man but also like those like I would like to state my intentions mm-hmm. you know what I mean is like Oh, there's nothing better than knowing what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, literally knowing what's going on gets me horned up. Mm-hmm. All right? Fact. Right. And also stating my needs. Those are two of my t- two of my favorite things in the whole world. This whole, like, in-between, what are we doing, how are we doing, because, like, you and I, like, you were the one who said a couple weeks in, you were like, like we're at, di- we're at a diner, we've been hanging out with a group of people, they kind of left, and then you and I are just talking, and then you were like, so, I'm not seeing anyone else. Are you seeing anyone else? I would like to not see anyone else. It's like basically what you said. And I was like, oh my God, take me now. <laughs> you know? Like you laid it out. Well, I had been emboldened by the mozzarella sticks. I believe it was <laughs> Kellogg's Diner, if I remember correctly. Oh, in uh, Williamsburg? In Williamsburg. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I know that place well. Um, Good yeah. mozzarella sticks. Yeah. Not great. But good. Yeah. Yeah. And for diner wise, the salads aren't the very worst. Like the lettuce, <laughs> the lettuce is never like frozen on the inside. You never get like a frozen romaine spine in See, there. See, I would never even touch a salad at a diner. Oh. I'm only there for what their fryer can do. You know what I mean? Like at a diner, it's like when people, like older people, when they'll be like, I'll have the salmon. We're at a diner. <laughs> How, an egg, okay, a fucking egg. You know, like I'm not coming into the diner for like the lamb chops. That's true. That's give me true. a breakfast moment. Give me a fried moment. Exactly. That's Boom. true. Like you don't fly. You don't go on vacation in Japan and or and like ask for barbecue. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I think for sure. Well, that was like a John Mulaney sketch on SNL. The lo- someone orders a lobster at a diner, <laughs> and then ever starts. It turns into like a lay Miz moment. Because everyone's like, where are we going to get this lobster? What's going to happen? Look it up online, everyone. Lauren approved it. Okay, it's a, it's a, we're now providing a two screen experience. All right, as you're listening to this podcast, we're urging you to go on the internet, you know, take in some other media. Um, I think a lot of media is designed to be things that people do when they're on their phones now. Like, have you ever tried to focus on a, a Netflix movie that's clearly designed for like young people? <laughs> it is yeah. not designed to be watched it's designed to have on yeah while you're like you know going through instagram and feeling bad about yourself because of <laughs> the photoshopped images you're looking at well it's you- really awful now <laughs> life i mean uh no because like i i i felt i was like reading a comic book on uh and i this is so embarrassing but i was reading a comic book on an ipad and i got bored and so instead of just turning it off or reading something else i took out my phone <laughs> and i scrolled on twitter now a, a human who, um, I don't even know what I want to say, like someone who has uh, been in more therapy than I have, 
would have read, like, picked a book. I had a book with me. I could have read a book <laughs> like we did for most of human history. Right. And it, well, because even, like, especially because we're all that age, too, where it's, like, just uh, 10 years ago at the, like, you know, going back, as, like, that's being generous. Like, we would have done one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, now it's true. And like, if I, it was boring, we would have done something else. Switched. We would have pivoted. And yet now it's, like, let's re, like, I can't watch any most things without playing Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. My best life is when I've reached a level of Candy Crush where like you win and then you get two hours of unlimited lives. <laughs> now suddenly anything is possible for me. Anything is possible if I have a two hour window of Candy Crush and the phone's juiced up. Oh Ooh, wow. baby. Wow. I like that on a flight. Like yes. having it's very relaxing on a flight for sure. But you know what I've been doing a lot lately that I've found to be very therapeutic is I've been reading a shitload. And I feel like I just rediscovered it. Like I just read The Power, which oh, is yeah. so good. Is it so good? Someone else like was just talking about it. And of course I heard about it because they posted about it on Instagram. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really, really good. I just finished The Power. I just finished Fleischman is in Trouble, which mm. is also really good. I read Stephen King's On Writing, which is like, I was like, this is weird. I'm a writer. I don't need to read about (laughs) writing. But uh, it actually is like a really lovely book. And now I'm on a book called Three Women, which is Mm. not the Altman film. It's uh, it's, Lisa Tadeo? Yeah. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's great. And it was really hard for me when I first decided, because right now I'm, um, my main job right now is just my podcast. So it's not something that is like nine to five all the time. I'm like working on my own shit. I don't really have a schedule. So- it was hard for me to get to a point where I could just focus on doing one thing at once. So what I started doing when I started doing this reading thing, <laughs> this reading. I love it. When I invented I, reading. I got into Have you heard of reading? <laughs> it's huge. Well, it's really hard if you're somebody who's just constantly looking at six things at once and yeah, Twitter yeah. and Instagram and Facebook and you're reading an article, but then you're sharing it and then you're talking to somebody. It's it, So what I started doing is setting my phone for 20 minutes and turning it face down and being like, you're going to read this book until the timer goes off. And usually by the time it hit 20 minutes, it would go off and I'd want to just keep reading. Yeah. I don't want to pick up my phone and look at things. I don't mm. want to. So that was like, it's been a breakthrough for me. Wow. Huge. And how many Domino's coupons have you gotten for all your reading? Mm. Oh, you know what? I haven't even, I haven't even tallied up my books across America total <laughs> or whatever. By Is that what that the, was? Books across America? Yeah. By the end of the summer, Naomi, I'm going to get a free personal pan pizza. Oh God. That's the dream. Uh, Hello have- child. You sat inside all day. <laughs> All summer, you know what your reward is? Pizza! Pizza, pizza, (laughs) pizza. pizza. Hey, uh, why don't we take a break? And when we return, let's answer some listener questions. I'm in. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Bobby Bones. I host The Bobby Bones Show. And I'm pretty much always sleepy because I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. A couple hours later, I get all my friends together, and we get into a room, and we do a radio show. We share our lives, we tell our stories, we try to find as much good in the world as we possibly can, and we look through the news of the day that you'll care about. Also, your favorite country artists are always stopping by to hang out and share their lives and music, too. So wake up with a bunch of my friends on Big 104.7 in Pittsburgh, or wherever the road takes you on the iHeartRadio app. And we're back with Erin Gloria Ryan, okay? We now know her backstory, okay? We know how she feels vis-a-vis love, um, relationships, <laughs> wedding planning. Um, what actually we're just going to do is she's going to have her wedding um, first, and then we're going to come in with all of our people after. So it'll be mm-hmm. two five-hour blocks. <laughs> you know, whatever food is remaining, that's just what our people will eat. There's barbecues Wait. there on site. 
There's uh, like, like four big grills. Hold on. We're serving our yeah, you heard me. leftovers? You heard me. I mean, not stuff that's got a bite out of it. Just <laughs> pop it in the microwave. Give it a reheat. You got yourself a meal. All right. You've come to celebrate me. As long as there ain't chomps taken out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this so we got a lot of uh questions uh DM to us. Okay. Um, this one comes to us anonymous from Instagram. Okay. My boyfriend and I have been together almost one and a half years. We met in New York City, and then about eight months in, I moved to Philly because I got a new job and wanted to get out of New York City in general. We went back and forth almost every weekend until he eventually lost his job and moved back home to his parents in New Jersey. All okay. Right? So now we've got Jersey and Philly. Mm-hmm. Keep going. He's now unemployed and looking for a new job, but he doesn't know what he wants to do. He had ideas of what he'd be interested in, but no clear goal or passion about anything. I've been trying to be understanding and help him by sending links to career counselors or offering suggestions, but he just seems to do whatever he's been doing and is stuck in the same place. I'm sorry I'm laughing. I identify with this from from like uh, 10 some odd years ago. (laughs) I want us to move forward in our relationship, but he's so unsure about his personal future that he can't see anything outside of that right now. I love him and care about him and want to be with him, but I don't know how long I can wait. It's the most hashtag real world adult (laughs) relationship problem I've had. Hmm. We're not that old, but not young either. Late 20s, early 30s. Any advice or insight you can offer would be appreciated. Thank you. Also, for context, when we met, I was unemployed, so I can actually understand what he's going through. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, so anonymous. The quick recap is... They're together, doing it long distance. He ain't working, but he don't seem close to figuring out how to get working. Mm-hmm. Oh, lordy, lordy. Aaron, and should we not, start with you? Yeah, they're not, and they're not that young. Because if yeah. they were like 23, 24, first of all, you'd be like, A, this is normal for someone who's 23 or 24. And B, you don't have to stay with somebody. Like at 23, 24, the stakes have never exactly. been lower. Exactly. You know, you can you can get out of there. I think I think the most important thing, and first of all, let me preface this by saying I have no business dispensing advice. <laughs> right. um, no, none of us do, but un- we're standby. I am, I am, uh, if, if, yeah, I'm just about as, as licensed to practice surgery as I am advice. So, um, but here's the Let's thing. Let's say you have. You're better at advice. Probably. I would I, w- I would. Th- I don't know. Surgery looks pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? After this, I'm going to ask you to take out my gallbladder, and we'll see. We'll prove yep. <laughs> which you are better at. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but here's, here's something that I think this question asker didn't really specify. I think what you personally want out of life makes all the difference because this is going to sound real shitty, but- very rarely is a person good enough to be the main goal of your life. You know, like yes, you yes. you should, what do you want? Do you want to be married? Do you want to have a family? Do you want to own a home? Do you want to have a kind of transient life where every few years you bop around to a different city where rent is affordable, but you can still have a good time? Like, what do you want? If you want something that's stable and long-term, I would say that, What's important for you to be to him right now is a supportive person uh, and a friend. But I don't know how much you can expect to sacrifice your goals at his at the altar of his indecision. Mm, okay, you know what? This you have a natural way. You have a natural <laughs> way. This is good. Thank you. You're correct. I would also say too. I feel like, you know, you can't make anybody care about something simply because you care about it. So. If it's been, you know, again, if it's been almost a year and a half, has this been six months? 
you know, of this of this back and forth where you not only are separate, but you're sending him links and trying to be like, why don't you do this or that? And if he's not doing it, and then also, also Anonymous was like, well, he seems to just be doing what he's been doing, which either means you don't know what he's actually doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, cause you're like, you're either like trying to be like, here's a link, but I'm not gonna bother you. You know, and like not getting the details or, you know, you're just trying to be diplomatic and not say that whatever you think he's doing is like nothing. Can I just jump in real quick with a very sad anecdote from my personal history? Sad anecdote. Um, so I've gone out with people in the past who have gone through periods of being unemployed and it's very emotionally difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it doesn't really help to be an asshole to somebody because right. they already feel pretty low. Sounds like you're being pretty positive. Here's a time that I was dating somebody who was unemployed. Uh, we moved in together and he d- he told me that he was going to spend a month working on a novel. And uh, I had a full-time job at the time. And uh, instead of working on the novel, he <laughs> he hurt his wrist playing Nintendo Wii. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And he hurt his dick from jerking off too much. So that's what, what happened over the course of are, the Hold the on, month. are you sure it was Nintendo Wii? It was a Nintendo. It was a Nintendo Wii. Yeah. That the two weren't. No, I don't think it was. (laughs) Reinforcing each other? Yeah, it was. I mean, the thing is, like, doing what he's been doing, it's like, just if he keeps doing it over and over again, you're going to end up with a boyfriend with a hurt wrist and a hurt dick. (laughs) And you'll have a hurt heart. Mm -hmm. Yes. Boom. Um, (laughs) Touchdown for that advice. (laughs) But, okay, so here's here's the thing. When you and I met, I was unemployed. But I was motivated to find a job, I think. Nope. You're looking at me. No, yeah, you were motivated. You were motivated. You did what you had to do. And you helped me. And I, like, because uh, I grew up uh, kind of uh, with a giant ego, (laughs) I would always bristle at the help and then eventually take the help. Mm -hmm. But I would take the help and do the thing. And I would send out... I mean, if I went back into my email account, you would see I've sent, I would have sent out like, I would say conservatively in the time, the early time in New York, hundreds of job applications and cover letters and things like that. So I'm just saying I'm great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound great. Yeah. 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 Um, Great. MVP. MVP. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, you did that stuff like you, but I think it's also, I think it's, but what I was, sorry, what I was going to ask is like, how did that make you feel? Like I will, and that's why I'm like, I'm kind of pausing because it's like I don't know. Like you and I are good and great now and happy, 
But at the same time, like you didn't have a job for the first eight months, and that was very hard. I had you know what I mean? Stuff. I, I had. I think you might not have had anything at all. Oh, when we first started when we dating, first got together, and maybe that wasn't eight months. Like maybe you know after like three or four, but there was like a few times where I was like, "Oh God!" And it's very you know, and things because I'm a pessimist. I can't see like I don't go in being like, "Well, it's gonna happen any day now." I'm like, "Okay, what if this is our life?" You know what I mean? And I get like, so I'm like more in that space. Don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> but I know that. You know, in this case, they've been together for a year and a half. It didn't start out this way. And she's saying, like, I was unemployed in the beginning, too. And that's, like, part of the journey. But I think it's more about, you know, what you said, too, is Aaron, you know, is anybody ever worth being the center of your world? Because it's less, to me, it's not simply not having a job. It is not knowing what they want to do and where to put their energy. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a bigger issue. And that, like, for instance, you didn't have a job, but, like, when I met you, you were like, this is what I want to do in my life. Like, you knew that stuff out the gate. And so then the question was like, okay, well, what are the steps do I take to get to that place? Where it's not like this person, like, doesn't even know. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying everybody got to take it, eat, pray, love. But I do think there is something to be said for when you don't know what's up, not leaning on other people. Mm-hmm. Be that leaning on your parents to live, leaning on your partner to send you links. Like, if none of these people are around what would you do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You'd be forced to either find answers or live on the street, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a tough one. I think it's just ask yourself what you want out of life and, and offer yourself as a resource to this person. But like you said, Naomi, like you can't make somebody care. Yeah. And if, you know, once you've done what you can reasonably be expected to do and they're not responding, then it might be time to have a long conversation about the future of the relationship. Yeah. Maybe the person's depressed and you have to sneak some Abilify into their... <laughs> yes, it's always good. Yes, sneakily drug red. your partner. That's our first suggestion. Okay, start with drugging them mm-hmm. against their will. But maybe for real though, it's a it's a, about uh, having a talk. I don't know what the quality is of uh, therapy in New Jersey. There's therapy in New Jersey. There was Jersey. a whole I... <laughs> subplot of The Sopranos about how good therapy was in New Jersey. <laughs> Wait, he didn't drive into Manhattan. I just assumed that he drove into Manhattan to yeah, talk to. She seemed kind of Jersey to me. <laughs> Doctor, what's your face? Edie Falco. Doctor Edie Falco. Nope, that's his wife. Can't remember. All right, all right. Can't didn't watch it. A series didn't you've never it. seen. Didn't watch it. Trying to think of clips. Um, Andy, give us another one. Another anonymous from Instagram. You Ooh. can write us on. You can DM us on Instagram or Twitter. You can write us, although uh, I don't check the email account very often. Or <laughs> Call. Yes, we got a call in line. If you want to ask uh, advice, if leave a voicemail, the number is at CouplesTherapyPod.com. So this comes to us anonymous, though, from Instagram. I used to be very close friends with a girl I met in college. We were inseparable and never really had major fights or communication issues. We graduated three years ago, and recently I sensed the relationship was becoming strained. We communicated a lot until last year. My text... <laughs> Slash attempts to reach out. It was ended with an exclamation mark. I was uh-huh. giving the inflection that Anonymous wanted. My text slash attempts to reach out to her would often go unanswered for days at a time, even though I know she has her phone on her hand 24-7. <laughs> Once I was studying for a big test to get into grad school and texted her saying I felt overwhelmed and defeated. Her advice to me was just to, quote, just stop trying to go to grad school, unquote. <laughs> Plus other really unhelpful and dismissive comments. However, whenever she had something to share, she would get irritated if I did not answer within a few minutes. Ugh. 
In January, I made a trip to her city for work and carved out time to visit her. She graciously let me stay on her couch and we had dinner together, but she abandoned me the following day to go hang out with her work friends and didn't invite me or attempt to meet up with me after. I left to go to my work event feeling like she could not care less about me and our friendship. Months passed with me feeling like my efforts were going unappreciated and completely unreciprocated. I finally confronted her with my concerns about our friendship disintegrating a few weeks ago. She got extremely defensive, claiming I wasn't being a good friend to her either. She said that she was tired of trying to, quote, force me to be her friend, unquote. Her negative reaction led me to say, fuck it, and cut her off entirely. I told her she needed to go to therapy and analyze why she's so selfish and some other potentially hurtful things I'm not proud of. Was I wrong to react the way I did? Should I try to rekindle this friendship or move on and never look back? Anonymous from Instagram. Move on and never look back. Move on and never look back. Move. Wait, I'll do. I'll go high. Move on and, and never, never look back. <laughs> so you sing. Move on and, and never, never look back. back. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Okay. Can you sing, Aaron? Do you want to try? I'm not singing. Erin <laughs> knows her boundaries. Uh, I'm yeah. singing one of her boundaries. I actually sang in college in choir, but I don't sing into microphones anymore. It's just <laughs> no. Fair enough. Nah. Um. Yes. Obviously, move on and never look back. Because, like, why? The, there yeah. are how many billions of people in the world? Exactly. How many? Why waste your time Ooh. on people that are awful? Right. Um. Second thing, though, I think this is a good moment, a teaching moment, to learn that the way that people treat you is often a reflection of the way that they feel about themselves. Mm, get into it, Oprah. Um. Seriously, once I realized that as an as an like way too late into adulthood, I was like. <laughs> Oh, everything makes so much. Most of the way that people treat you isn't about you. Most mm-hmm. of the way that they treat you is about them. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that you're not the most important thing in everybody's life and in every interaction, then you can go through the world realizing that you don't matter. And it's very freeing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that it sounds like this person um, has some issues of their own. It's not your place to diagnose those issues. It's never really good to yell, go to therapy at somebody. <laughs> yeah. um, but it also sounds like maybe the the person submitting the question has some issues too. Like why, why did she feel compelled to lash out angrily at this person? Mm-hmm. Maybe these are things that she could take a look at within herself and work on within herself so the next time a friendship is disintegrating, she doesn't surrender to her anger <sighs> and say things that she regrets. Because now, like, if she just would have let the relationship end or if she would have been like, you know what, you're not a very positive you know, presence in my life and I'm ending the relationship, it would have been a break where she was the asshole and you weren't. Yeah. But because you couldn't help but lob a bomb into the elevator before it closed, now you were also kind of the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. It's but true. At least you're not on a elevator that's quickly plummeting to the ground after a bomb exploded in it. That's true. That's true. I, I just like, I mean, it's stuff like that is very hard and it's interesting because my first thought, my question of like, how old are they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and well, I know- I, be... I think she said that they had graduated three years ago, so mid-20s. Oh, Something yeah. like that. I mean, assuming it's- Well, I say, I mean, because as you said, I think it's easier to, that feeling, what you're saying, Aaron, you know, realizing you know, you're not the center of everyone's world like I remember in my early 20s like my female friends were my world like that was my social interaction that's who I went out with like that's what we were doing all the time you were really living sex in the city um with way less with way less of all of it um (laughs) but it felt like it was that and um whereas you know now as we get older and people are pairing off and making babies or whatever I feel like I have a lot less um 
a lot less drama. attachment. Yeah, drama, but also just like I don't, ex- as you said, like I don't expect anything from people the way I think I did when I was 23, 24. You mm-hmm. have fewer ride or dies. Yeah. I also have fewer riders in my life and in my relationship. I'm like, well, do what you got to do. And so, because to me, like the moment you reached out to them about grad school and they were like, you should quit trying to go to grad school. I'd be like, okay, you are not helpful. Like, right, you're right. not, like, you are not bringing anything positive to the mix. I may have to lean back from this entire interaction. Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong, though. Grad school is generally a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah, sucked in my case. Um, here's the thing, though. I get, I get where she's coming from. I, it, It's only recently that I've changed the way I think about it. But, like, I used to, as an example, as a metaphor, I used to read magazines from the front cover all the way to the end, regardless of whether I liked the article or not. I I had I was completist about magazines and a completist about friendships. Mm-hmm. And if I was someone's friend, I had to be their friend until one of our lives ended. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only like I had a very good friend when I started at UCB and now we like each other's tweets. Yeah. And it was a real bummer kind of when we, we went off in different directions. It wasn't like there was no there was no dramatic ending to the friendship. It was just like we went in two different directions. And that that was just kind of the end of the we just started hanging out with different people. Yeah. But like for a good solid uh, number of years, he was like my best friend in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's still like it like that was the beginning of me being like, oh, I guess you don't have to have a friendship for life. I guess you could just have friendships for phases of life and you can either dramatically lob a bomb into the elevator or you can just walk down the stairway <laughs> and just say bye. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and walk into a different building. Yep. Um, keep going. <laughs> if there's a fire pole available, slide down that. Slide down that. That's yeah, very maybe cool. rappel out the window on a on a uh you can jump you can open the window and jump onto the window washers thing. Right. And ride that right, down to the ground floor. Right. That's a good metaphor. That's like another friend you already have is right. a window washer. You get on there, a little pulley system. Mm-hmm. Say, get me out of here. <laughs> but I mean, this is all of us, our very long way of saying, you got to cut it off. You may want to apologize at a later time for what you said and to keep your side of the street clean. But like, don't feel like you have to preserve this relationship. It's not, you know, not every person in your life. You, what do they say? People come in for a reason or a season, honey. They ain't all got to be lifetime friends. Did you just make that up? Absolutely not. (laughs) But I'm like, so don't worry. You can't stress yourself. Um, I hope that helped. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to come back with Aaron Gloria Ryan and handle your scandal. Hi, I'm Tom Colicchio. I'm a chef, a restaurateur, food advocate, and the host of the new podcast called Citizen Chef on iHeartRadio. People might turn on the news and see the stories about the pandemic, immigration policy, or healthcare. Icy stories about food. On this podcast, we'll tour the current political climate, looking for inroads to food wherever we can find them. From the supply chain... And we hear that Tyson might be closing another plant Monday in Tennessee for... To labor... Here's an executive order on immigration. We want Americans to have the jobs. We want Americans to have the health care. We want to take care of our citizens first. And disaster relief. Our systems cannot handle true disaster, this pandemic. That is the reality. These are the stories of our food. Episode one of Citizen Chef is available now. Subscribe and listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we back, babies, okay? I hope your scandals so far have been handled. 
Andy, <laughs> tell me somebody else's emotion. <laughs> Aaron, how were your raisins? Aaron was eating a tiny sweet pack of raisins. I finished them. I was a completist about the raisins. <laughs> That's good. I do that. I'm a completist about lots of stuff. Yeah, I cleaned my plate. <laughs> yeah. Clean plate club. I'm a clean plate club when it comes to my emotions. Um, I forget whether I asked this person whether they want to be anonymous. So let's just say they're anonymous from Instagram. Hi, Andy and Naomi. I have a multifaceted and complicated question for you. So ooh, apologies in ooh, advance. Aaron, are you ready? It's multifaceted and uh, complicated. My loins are girded. <laughs> so here's the quick background. I have been with my boyfriend for almost five years. We're both 23. And I've been together since our freshman year of college when we were 18. Okay. Well, I've got thoughts. <laughs> I love him very much and love spending my time with him, but I am his first ever relationship and everything else, if you get what I'm saying. That was in, par- <laughs> that was in parentheses. I get it. Uh, <laughs> first butt touch. Hush, keep going. And a pretty regular struggle in our relationship is that he doesn't know how to meet another person's needs. Uh-oh. Uh. I try to bring up issues I'm having with our relationship and is often ignored. He never compliments me. Parentheses. I know it's shallow, but it still never happens. Mm. End parentheses. He doesn't show much interest for the things I care about, and I never feel all that comforted by him. When I bring... I should For the listener, Naomi and Aaron just looked at each other. <laughs> A knowing glance. When I bring up... When I bring that up, he basically apologizes and offers no solution or ways it could be improved. Basically, I feel like I am in a live-in friendship with someone who I occasionally kiss. Mm. To really illustrate the issue for you, tonight I was trying to talk about how I was unfulfilled with our sex life, and he literally fell asleep while I was talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good God. I love him and want to make the relationship work, but I'm sick of feeling underappreciated and like I'm the only one putting effort in. I realize and apologize for the literal novel that I've already written, so here are my questions. Number one, do you have any recommendations on how I could kindly and successfully communicate to him that I re- that I need him to care more and put more into the romantic side of our relationship? And number two, does it sound like I am wasting my time on someone who just doesn't work with my personality? I love him, but I often think that we may not be what each other needs in a partner, and while that breaks my heart... I don't want to waste any more time trying to find someone who isn't there inside him. I'm sorry for the novel once again, and thank you so much for your show. It is my absolute favorite podcast, and I look forward to it every week. Heart emoji. <laughs> oh. Okay. <clears throat> this is not complicated or multifaceted. Can I just say this, by the way? <laughs> when I was reading it, I was looking out of the corner of my eye. Both you and Aaron, both like shifting in your seats, <laughs> looking at each other, nodding. I was or, shaking my or head shaking violently. Head. Violently, no. There was a lot. I Whatever this question is, it elicited a lot physically in both of you. I mean, I could come in hot. Aaron, do you have thoughts? Is there anything you want to say? I feel like you'll be a much more um, diplomatic and kind <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I think that when you're 23, it's easy to think that the stakes are super high because you haven't lived much life yet. But now, in my mid-30s, looking back on the relationships I held on to for too long in my 20s, my biggest regrets are that I didn't cut and run when I was in a kissing relationship with a roommate. Like, it's just the longer you hang on, the more time you're wasting of your, your own short life and of their life. 
And let me just add that I don't think there's anything wrong with people meeting when they're young, being in love, and ending up together. Um, My parents were like, my mom was like 17 and my dad was 20 when they met. And my brother and his wife, who they've now been married for 10 years, um, they met when they were both 18. Mm -hmm. And they've been together ever since. So, But here's another thing. I also know couples who met when they were 18, dated for a while, broke up, lived their lives, and then later when they were both better equipped to handle each other, met up again. So this is my long way of saying that I think the relationship as it exists right now is not sustainable for you and it's not sustainable for him and it's probably best for both of you to uh, go your separate ways. And I want you to understand that when you do go your separate ways that life is possibility. Maybe someday he will be the person that you need him to be, but for now he's not and you're wasting your time. And what I will say a lot, like, you know the answer to this. You know the answer to this. You wrote, you literally wrote down. This person does not compliment me, even though I want it. I try to talk to him. He just says sorry and doesn't offer solutions. I try to talk to him. He falls asleep. I am. I feel like I'm with a friend who I kiss occasionally. This ain't what you want. This is not what you want. I'm literally just saying the words you said. Okay? You know what you want. Now, I also know that... Five years is a long time with anybody. Living with somebody makes it harder to extricate yourself. It isn't gonna nece- it's not gonna be so cut and dry as like we don't work by. Like, yeah, you may have to like you gotta find a new place. You gotta, you know, maybe do some other things. But at twenty three and at any age, if you were sixty three, it's like you owe it to yourself to be as happy as you wanna be. Be that with a person or by yourself. Cause it almost feels like the way this is, you might actually be happier by your damn self for a hot minute. Because there's nothing lonelier than being around somebody who doesn't get you. There's nothing to me that nothing feels worse than like not being understood, not being seen. I'd rather be home alone. You know what I mean? Getting into my hijinks. I mean, home alone hijinks are so much more fun Mm -hmm. than because when you're with somebody else, you are getting the worst of both worlds. You're like not really intimate with them, but you also can't do your hijinks. You can't take your pants off. (laughs) I need a big bowl of popcorn with your hands as you're, you know, as you're watching Love Island because somebody else were there, they would be like, yeah. So like. Very specific. Love Island. Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead. But but you know what I mean? Like that's that being with the person who's wrong for you, who who stifles you, who makes you feel like shit is just you're depriving yourself of the awesomeness of being alone. Yeah. Which can be super awesome. It's like you're on a uh, unlove island. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, nope. Sometimes don't give it to him, Aaron. Don't even be giving him like a little. She, sometimes you gotta me. just not give it to him, or else he ain't gonna learn. <laughs> you can't give I it wasn't to him. laughing at the words; I was laughing at the fact that you said them. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy, you've been—I mean, like real talk. Look, you've been in some relationships for a long time, or had a couple of like my fake early. ups, and then like legit breakup, like where you know you y'all couldn't really walk away. Again, my early relationships, I'm this completist who I'm like, well, found my wife. (laughs) And it took those, I would say the first three to disabuse me of that um, belief. Because when you're young, I don't know. I I, I get where this person's coming from. Because like when you're young, you think... You, everything's, it's apocalyptic. Love and romance is apocalyptic in some way. (laughs) And you, you're like, I didn't understand my emotions then. I doubt my girlfriends at the time understood theirs completely. Because you're young. You don't know what these things are. It's just like a ball of things in your chest. (laughs) And you're like, what's going on here? You have to be, uh, you have to be a psychic surgeon 
an emotional mm. ER doctor yes. <laughs> to try to figure out what, what that stuff is. And you, you don't have the degree yet. You haven't been through med school. You didn't go on rotation. Nope. Nope. Yeah, she needs to do her rotation. She has not done her rounds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she does not have a specialty. Okay? You got to do your rounds. You got to fuck other doctors in the closet, like on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> That's I was going to say part scrubs. Do they, do they bang in closets on scrubs? J.D. and Elliot. Did. I think they do that in real hospitals, too, because they spend so many hours together, and like, know. You know, somebody's got to relieve the tension. Which so. is like why nothing scares me more than a hospital. Yeah. That's it's why there's like, a mop in every... <laughs> <laughs> I'm always just like, I don't... It's like... I know you guys are not even focused on me. You're too busy banging. I know what goes on here. Um, You're too busy having sex with a ghost. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. That's what I had to stop watching. That happens? I thought that <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't just, yeah, I was just saying nonsense. That was a, I was referencing a real storyline. Sometimes, no, honest to God, there are sometimes shows that get, that I hear about that I'm like, was that a joke show from 30 Rock? <laughs> and that is an example of what I, a joke premise, but okay, that yep. happened. Yep. I mean, we are on the verge, Love Island, Milf Island is next, so <laughs> we're on the verge of 30 Rock becoming reality. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think you know the answer to this, and, you know, like Aaron was saying um, about our previous question, you don't gotta throw a bomb in the elevator. You can get out of this in a way that doesn't have to be, like, so painful and dramatic, at least not on your side of things, and, like, figure out what that is, and, like, you know, I think so many, t I think too, it's also hard, again, no matter your age, living a relationship, when like nothing quote unquote terrible has happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're like, well, we like each other. He's like a good person. Mm -hmm. But it's like, that doesn't mean you're supposed, you have to be together forever. Right. And, and I think that you should get yourself out of there before you do something terrible. Mm. Not, not even throwing a bomb in the elevator, but like, I think a lot of times infidelity comes from those yes. moments in relationships. And then- Rather than doing what you should have done, which is just be like, you know what? This isn't working out for me. Here's my extrication plan. Yes. I will be moving my things out. I found a new place to live. This is just not working. Versus you going out and cheating on him and then causing him emotional harm that you probably don't want to cause. Right, right. Okay, we solved it. You got to get out. Get a hang glider. Jump off that roof. Woo, baby. I, oh, I do. One one thing I want to add, though, is I think because it's such a pain in the ass to break up with someone that you live with, like just logistically, mm -hmm. yeah. that you should, you know, make a plan. And it's not like an urgent, like, abuse situation, make a plan. But just for your own state, you know, mental well-being, just be like, this is who I think should move out. This is what my plan is. These are the steps. And just have it all written down and organized in your head before you present him with what's right. going to happen. right. Yep. Do you say that from experience? Yeah, I think there was there was one person when I was younger who we should have broken up with. Like we should have broken up a bunch of different times, but um, we kept not doing it because we would talk about it and then be like, "Yeah, but who's gonna move out?" You, you know, like. And so it was just ha being like, "Look, I found a new apartment, and I'm going to have movers come." Blah 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 blah. I mean, that sounds a little bit cold, but you got to be ruthless with this. Yeah. You got to just rip the bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to kind of do it because once you talk to the other person, like emotions are going to get involved regardless. Mm -hmm. And you love them. Right. You, you, lo so, you love them and, and you're not going to want to hurt someone that you love, but you also have to realize what you're doing long term is better for both of you. Right. Our final question for today. This comes to us, again, anonymous from Instagram. Nobody want to tell their names. <laughs> this is a, okay, okay, it's a complicated world out there. Uh, I thought we, this is a little less uh, emotionally dense. I mm -hmm. thought we'd end on uh, something a little lighter. 
Hey, Couples Therapy Pod, I have a question regarding what's appropriate in terms of karaoke songs. <laughs> no, I'm not asking if it's okay to say the N-word, just a preface. My best friend and I recently tried to sing Formation by Beyonce, and we changed the lyrics to Her Daddy Alabama, Mama Louisiana. And she just might be a black Bill Gates in the making. But the entire bar was truly upset that we sang Formation. As a white Latina... I recognize that I walk through life with white privilege, and I am wanting to know if it is not okay to sing Formation. If so, of course, it's not skin off my back. I was a little surprised to see so much rejection of our karaoke, but if it's for a good reason, I absolutely want to know. Thank you both for what you do. I love listening to the pod every week and adore you both. Also, here, a little addendum. This took place in Portland, Oregon. 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 (laughs) I know. I'm like, why did I say it like that? I don't know. This take place in... Plus, this takes place. <laughs> you're, you're wasted. You're off the rail. I'm sorry. I took a lot of heroin in between the last question and this one. Uh, Portland Octagon. Mm-hmm. And the bar was 90% white. I don't know if that means anything, but I thought it might be helpful in terms of context. And then here's, she sent another one. After, <laughs> after thinking about it for a while, I recognized it was absolutely not okay for me to karaoke a song that celebrates blackness, even if I'm an activist and even if I'm Latina. Sorry for the emotional work it may have taken to read this <laughs> DM. Um, I don't. Okay, but <laughs> well, I'm exhausted. <laughs> the labor, the labor. Get her some more raisins. <laughs> She's I dehydrated. It's, it's interesting because we're in a, a cultural moment where everyone's very super sensitive, and even things that are like kind of on the edges, people are sensitive about. Mm-hmm. For good, look, for good reason. Like, it's not like, um, it's not like we're talking about cultural appropriation now out of nowhere. It's right. Because it's the same thing with, like, the patriarchy in terms of, like, people are very sensitive about, about things even on the fringes of what could be or not, could not be misogyny. Because after millennia, <laughs> we're talking about thousands of years of men abusing women uh, so there's like a, a, a small moment now where maybe we can talk about it and, and fix things. And so there is uh there, there's definitely, I, I'm trying to say, I get where this is coming from. This is not, you know, after thousands of years of, um, what Navy you're looking no, at No, I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Are you waiting for me to get to the end of it? Yeah. Okay. Just I'll I'll stop. No, get, it's only because like, it's so funny. Cause it's like, obviously love you, trust you, respect you. But it's like so <laughs> funny whenever like, a man is like, like the patriot, like where you're like, I'm going to talk about the experience of battling the patriarchy. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, respect you, see you. But you know what I mean? Like, but also I'm just very like, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I have been put in my place. No, no. I mean, it is, but it is funny, though, because, of course, I I hear that, and I'm just like, it would be a room full of white folks to tell you what to do and not to do. Sometimes it feels like that idea, like, that policing is, like, it's the policing of The fringe policing, I think, comes from, Aaron, I don't know if you have thoughts about this, but I think the fringe policing does come from sensitive whites. Yeah. Um, I can just I can speak from experience being an editor at Jezebel for a really long time and having a lot of a very active and vocal group of people who are commenters. A lot of times they were awesome and funny and very, very smart. But a lot of times they were 
uh, white women taking umbrage on behalf of populations that they weren't a part of. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, that just it seemed like their hearts were both in the right place and in the wrong place at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like in the right place where it's like, yeah, you know, that that's something that maybe you should think about as you're doing it, you know. But it was in the wrong place in that, like, I'm going to attack somebody simply because I know that they will care if I attack them. Uh, Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Heisenberg's heart. Wave particle duality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like this weird, I think it's a sort of like, like I said, people sometimes lash out in ways that are reflective of the way that they feel about themselves. And I think a lot of times, like, white liberals feel very guilty about their complici- complicity in things, yeah. and sometimes they lash out at other white people who will care because that's how they feel about themselves. But I mean, I can't really offer a value judgment on whether or not it's okay to sing Beyonce. I know, I know. That's like, I'm like, I don't know. You know, Beyonce is such a force of popular culture, regardless of race now. Like, I think obviously she is like black excellence, and she's especially, I feel like, in the last couple of years has really like spoken out about black identity. Um, in a way that maybe like the straight up Destiny's Child songs didn't do, um, but at the same time, like I'm like I, I'm I'm not surprised that, like that anyone would want to sing her song at karaoke. You know what I mean? But it is more like, but I mean, again, of course, our listener also came to their own own conclusion. Was like it was very inappropriate for me to see information <laughs> that I recognize that. Um, I don't know. I would t- I would take it to the li- I would take it to I would love it. Anybody listening. Um, holler at us on Twitter at Naomi and Andy and at um, Couples Therapy Pod on Instagram with your thoughts about uh, a white or white passing person seeing Beyonce at all. I guess particularly Formation because that well, song is about that. Naomi, how do you feel about the super chunk cover of Say My Name? Sick. It's sick. <laughs> I, uh, it shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. But, you know, I think, I think we all do that. We all do that. <laughs> yeah, there's sometimes where it's like when a, when a song was performed – at its best possible, in its best possible way, there should be no more covers. Of it. <laughs> it's like, why? Why are you making a cover of this? It's like if I if I brought if I was like, here, I made you a cake, and then they like cut a tiny little hole in the middle of the cake and like put ketchup on it. Like, <laughs> no, it was fine before. Why did you? Why did you do that? Sorry, Mac. <laughs> Those are just the facts. Let us know, um, Aaron. How do you feel? Do you feel like Do you feel like you helped us change some lives today? Uh no. <laughs> wow. No, this was really fun though. Like I, I spend a lot of time alone working on my own shit, and it's nice to be in a room talking to people. And you know, yeah, it's good. Well, it I was fun for me. I hope it was fun for the listeners. I think so. Plus, you know, you you know, with hysteria, your your wonderful podcast drop that, that you were a part of. Well, truly honored. Drops every Thursday, right? Every, every Thursday. Thursday, you know? And I feel like you you engage with your listeners and, like, offer people advice. So that's and... not the same as, like, being in a room and talking to a person with my face. <laughs> like, there's a difference between, like, oh, you know, here's a nice DM from a thoughtful listener and I'll respond to it because I'm not a monster. Um, and, like, being in a room and I'm talking about actually talking to a human being and not interacting with a machine. It's very, very pleasurable for me. Thank you. We did it. I feel like we uh, we got the extra point. We did it. You know what I was going to say, which were my floor, force pleasure. Oh. It's a callback to the thing, Andy, and fun. That's what you like, right? Uh, thanks again, Aaron. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Tom Colicchio 
I'm a chef, a restaurateur, food advocate, and the host of the new podcast called Citizen Chef on iHeartRadio. People might turn on the news and see the stories about the pandemic, immigration policy, or healthcare. I see stories about food. On this podcast, we'll tour the current political climate, looking for inroads to food wherever we could find them. From the supply chain, and we hear that Tyson might be closing another plant Monday in Tennessee for to labor. It's an executive order on immigration. We want Americans to have the jobs. We want Americans to have the health care. We want to take care of our citizens first. And disaster relief. Our systems cannot handle true disaster, this pandemic. That is the reality. These are the stories of our food. Episode one of Citizen Chef is available now. Subscribe and listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Bobby Bones. I host The Bobby Bones Show, and I'm pretty much always sleepy because I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. A couple hours later, I get all my friends together, and we get into a room, and we do a radio show. We share our lives, we tell our stories, we try to find as much good in the world as we possibly can, and we look through the news of the day that you'll care about. Also, your favorite country artists are always stopping by to hang out and share their lives and music, too. So wake up with a bunch of my friends on Big 104.7 in Pittsburgh or wherever the road takes you on the iHeartRadio app. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 